When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Dynasty Portfolio Weekly, hosted by Scott Connor. What is good, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Portfolio Weekly. And if you found the show, you've not subscribed to the channel along with the podcast feed for Destination Devi and for Wake Up With Ray G. Subscribe to those. Click the like button. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and check out all the other content that we have on here. Last week's show, I introduced what this show was going to be about. I was going to talk about my weekly portfolio strategies across Dynasty. And we're going to jump right into it with this week's episode and talk about market value slash liquidity. And I'll reference a poll that will be linked on the video in front of you. I put up a poll after week 12, and it said, is Puka Nakua a top 12 Dynasty receiver? And the overwhelming comments in response to the poll were, he never should have been, was he ever, tells you everything you need to know about keep trade cut. And I had just referenced that at one point, he was a top eight wide receiver on keep trade cut. He is still a top 10, top 12, top 15 receiver, wherever you want to say that he's going to end up landing after a couple bad weeks he's still going to be valued there according to this resource that we all use, Keep Trade Cut. As I am recording this video, he is currently sitting at wide receiver 10. Now, where he ends up going, who knows? But the question was simple. Is he a top 12 dynasty receiver? And the comments, if you read the tweet, you will see most people essentially said no, but nobody can really dive into why. And that's what we're going to talk about today is using resources like Keep Trade Cut, trade calculators that are out there. What is the difference between that and actual liquidity? I did a Destination Devi episode or Destination Dynasty episode talking about this exact thing. Market value, Ray likes to call it artificial dynasty value, but it's not just that, it's supply and demand. And especially when you are talking about middle tier assets, not even guys that are on the level of Puka Nakua, but players that are maybe a tier below. Outside of elite assets, outside of draft picks that everybody knows that their value is going to be around X, but even in circumstances where you're talking a high-end asset, a high-end quarterback, a high-end wide receiver, the true measure of their dynasty value is something that you're not going to find on Keep Trade Cut. It's something that you're not going to find that comes out in the trade calculator when you plug in a fair deal for a specific player or a specific asset. And that is the liquidity of the asset. And really a better way of looking at it is the flexibility of the asset. And we're going to make some assumptions here for purposes of this discussion. And then I'm going to talk about how I handle this in my dynasty portfolio and what tools you can use if you're growing a portfolio of teams. But really what it means is how flexible is the asset, regardless of what happens week to week, to where I can go liquidate that for something else. If we're going to play the day-to-day dynasty game, if we're going to play the day trading stock game, 
how likely is it that I can take the asset that I have, whether I want it or not, and go move it for something else? Go move it for a draft pick. Go move it for another player at the same position. Go move it for another player at a different position. And that is something that is not built in. And it's why I brought up the example of Puka Nakua, because he is wide receiver 10. He is wide receiver 10 as I record this video on Keep Trade Cut. Guys right behind him, Devontae Smith, Brandon Ayuk, Jordan Addison, Tank Dell, Stefan Diggs, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Zay Flowers, DK Metcalf, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, DJ Moore, Drake London, Nico Collins, and Keenan Allen. That rounds out the top 24. Now, you may say, what is the difference between Puka Nakua and those guys? And I can argue, and this is something that you have to do before you're even considering this type of portfolio strategy, you need to have an understanding of war. I'm not going to talk about it much in this show. There's a war tool on the website, destinationdevy.com. Check out the war tool. You have to have a grasp of what that means, how to use it, how to roster construct. Basically, what I'm saying is you need to understand the type of asset that we're talking about. In this case, it's Puka Nakua, where that fits from a war perspective. Does it even matter? We talked about on last week's show, the tight end range that doesn't even matter. They don't matter in that range. So the only thing that really should be built into the value, like I talked about on that show, is the liquidity of the player. And even though a site or a trade calculator may say that tight end has X value, they really have no value unless you can liquidate it in your given league. Now we go a step higher, though. We talk about somebody like Puka Nakua. Understanding the war in the range where he likely sits. Let's call it a low-end wide receiver one to a very high-end wide receiver three. Let's call it wide receiver 10 to wide receiver 25-ish. What is the first thing you think of when you look at that range when it comes from a war perspective? Probably very much, they're all the same. Now, they're all good. Don't get me wrong. What the war tells me is I want guys in that range, right? I want receivers in that range. They are putting up one plus war for the season. They are active starts on a weekly basis where if you get a spike week from one of those guys, you get a Brandon Ayuk 30-point week, that probably really, really helped you win that week. In fact, that's probably one of the top 12, top 10 war players on the week when a receiver has one of those spike weeks. So I want players in that range. But what do I also want if I'm already deciding between a ton of players in that same range? And this is where I think the Puka Nakua fallacy comes into play given the comments on this tweet. And I get it. He's coming off a poor game. So people are going to overreact. And there's even some comments as such in there saying, really, it just depends on how good his week was. And that's going to be the answer to your poll question. And I don't disagree with that. But generally, what does he not have that some of those other names have? Think about the track that you've had for T. Higgins. Think about the track of bad games you've had this year for even Jackson Smith and Jigba, DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, Drake London. Now, those guys clearly are a tier below to Puka Nakua on this chart. However, I think if you went out and polled a lot of people and said, who would they rather have? It's going to be even closer than what these rankings say. But then you also think about, look at a guy like T. Higgins. Look at a guy like Drake London. What have they survived over the last couple of years? T. Higgins has had multiple injuries 
Last year was frustrating with the games that he played, and he actually didn't play, but he was active, burned people, right? Didn't finish inside the top 24 in points per game for that reason. This year, his quarterback is out for the year. He's probably not going to produce. So effectively, he's had two years where he's burned people. He's been unusable. He's still wide receiver 19. Drake London, all the way inside the top 10 last year at the beginning of the year, right? The hype for Drake London based on his draft capital, based on how he started out the year, insanely high. Look what people have dealt with for the last two years. Drake London, still currently wide receiver 22. Now, you mean to tell me that if Puka Nakua has a year and a half to two years of what Drake London has or what T. Higgins dealt with, that he's going to stay in the top 20? There's no chance. And that's all I'm wanting to take away from this is just understanding what is also built into this value and why it's a tough question for people to answer and how this relates to portfolio. So looking at Puka Nakua, basically what I'm saying is he has much less leeway to stay in this range. Sure, he can have a couple bad games. People are always going to be able to rest on the laurels of what he did in the first four weeks of the season, what he did a couple times since Cooper Cup came back. But ultimately, he does not have the same grace that those other guys are given. And the other thing that that causes, that causes a cascade effect where he doesn't have the benefit of the doubt from as many people right now as one of those guys might. In fact, you ask somebody about Drake London in the future, oh man, I know he's really good. Just wait till his situation changes and he's sure to be good. T. Higgins, just wait till he hits free agency and he goes somewhere else. His value sure to rise. Like you will hear those narratives. Puka, uh, I don't know. He shouldn't have really been that high to begin with. And he's probably right around where he is right now. Maybe he'll drop another five to 10 spots, but that's probably what he is. But there's no way I'm paying that price for him. And really what this is, is it's the invisible hand of the market that is saying there's just not as much of a demand floor for a guy like Puka Nakua. So when you ask the question, is he wide receiver 10? Is he a top 12 dynasty receiver? You have to analyze players like that, and it's to no fault of his own. It's not to say that he shouldn't be. I'm just talking about the way that it is out there on the dynasty market As soon as a guy is a fifth-round pick, as soon as he enters the league as a slightly older prospect, as soon as he enters the league with red flags that he has no control over, the narrative is already sunk. Meaning he has to do more to overcome it, and players that entered the league right away with hype, with good draft capital, with great profiles that people liked going into the draft, they have much less that they have to do to maintain at least some demand. Now, I'm not saying I want to buy T. Higgins or Drake London at their price. I think it's fair to say both of those guys may just be what they are. But the idea is your league probably has somebody that says, ooh, wide receiver 19 on Higgins. I can actually see where that could be beneficial to invest, especially if the price continues to fall. Same with Drake London. But the opposite is happening with a guy like Puka Nakua. People don't look at him like, well, I'll buy after a couple bad games and I'll buy at wide receiver 15 prices, whatever that might be, future first and a second, something like that, so that in the future, I'll have a better asset that I can flip. The production really doesn't get brought into play. We kind of just all assume that any of these guys, when they're good, quote unquote good, or in good situations, or don't have injured quarterbacks, 
that they're all going to kind of hit that war line that we expect, you know, the flat but productive war line that you see at wide receiver two, wide receiver three range. They are, the assumption already is they're all going to be there, but they're probably not going to ascend to be more. But where people really have the bias is they're still willing to buy in to London and Higgins, but Puka Nakua is falling because he's had a couple bad games. And that's the interesting part that I want to talk about in the last five to 10 minutes of the show is looking at your portfolio from this lens. So assuming, making some assumptions again, assuming that there is an active market that you're playing in, and if you're playing in a portfolio, let's call it more than 10 leagues even, but let's call it 25 or more, and you have generally active leagues across that 25, you should be able to take your portfolio as a whole Understand the war. Now, you're going to have leagues that have different settings, different scoring, different roster requirements, different roster sizes, lineup versus best ball. You're going to have different war distributions, different war charts across your portfolio. So understanding each one is another layer that I'll talk about on a future show. But just generally understanding the optimal construction and the war in the league And then going to your portfolio, and you can use Dynasty Daddy for this. I track all of mine on an Excel sheet, but you can use Dynasty Daddy. They have a portfolio feature where you plug in all your leagues, and it'll tell you how many times I have this player rostered, what percentage I have this player across my portfolio. And use that to not only understand the war, or actually go back to the war once you've kind of determined what players and what leagues you want to make moves in, but look at your portfolio and say, Forget about the name. Forget about how I feel about the name. But go look at your portfolio and say, where maybe am I overexposed? Where does it make sense? Create a narrative. Concoct a narrative as to why I want to sell this player. Okay, I will sell this veteran receiver on this type of team. I will sell this young player on this type of team. You come up with your own narrative. I don't care what team you look at, what position your team is in that league, contending, rebuilding, stuck in the middle, doesn't matter. But the idea is look at your portfolio as a whole. And on a weekly basis, you want to be attacking the spots where there's actual demand. There's probably not demand. And when I say demand, I mean, can I go to the market and get close to what the price is on a place like Keep Trade Cut, if I want it. Because a lot of times, the deal is just getting the deal done, or the benefit is just getting the deal done, right? Like, I have nine shares of Puka Nakua, just an example. I don't really have nine, but let's say I have nine across my 50 leagues, 18%. It wouldn't be a bad idea to sell a couple. Assuming I've identified him as a player that, hey, if I can get out for a mid-first next year, I'm willing to re-roll at receiver because there's probably going to be receivers that fall into the same range or I'm willing to re-roll to add the liquidity to my team because I know next year I'm going to go need to upgrade at quarterback or something. Like you come up with the spin or the narrative as to why your portfolio would make sense to trade them in this spot. Look at the war, but then go across and look at all the players in your leagues and say, okay, where can I actually find players that other people might want to buy. And then once you identify that, that's where you go and attack and liquidate. And liquidate at the time where you can actually get the deal done for that price. 
And that's a huge edge. You don't have to get a profit, but liquidating for the place where you can shift the value to future draft capital or an upgrade somewhere and do it in places where the demand is appropriate. And that's how you can use sites like Keep Trade Cut. And you really have to kind of look in between the lines and say, okay, is a guy like Puka a player that I can liquidate now? Or is it time to wait? Or are there other players in that range that are better liquidation candidates? So really, that's one way to go through and look at things like this as valuable resources, but apply it to a portfolio of Dynasty Leagues. And it's a huge fallacy when you talk about, is this player ranked here or is this player worth this? The reality is you have to go a little bit deeper and say, can I actually go and convert this to liquid capital? And if you can't, then they're really not worth that in your league. And there may be times in your league where they're not worth it. And then next week or the week after, they are. And that's where you go back to a player like Puka and say, okay, this week I can trade him because he had a good game. But don't say I'm going to try to trade him for more than what I couldn't get last week. Just take what you could have got last week. Because you've already kind of identified the range that he's going to stay in, the war impact he's going to have on your league. But the benefit is that you're able to liquidate now. And in that week, he is a top 12 dynasty receiver because you can actually get that price on your open market. So hopefully this helps. It's just a new way of thinking about a portfolio. One thing I do every week, I go to my portfolio. I look at where I'm maybe overexposed. I look at players that are trending upwards or players that are just falling down and I want to get out. It's a falling knife and I don't want to catch it. And I'll try to find spots where I can go and just get their value or close to it. It's not trying to get ahead of the market. It's not trying to win the trade. It's just trying to shift the assets into something that I want. So with that, I'll leave everybody with a cliffhanger until next show. Check out everything at DestinationDevy.com. Check out the podcast on Wake Up and on the Destination Devi radio feed. And then obviously, if you sign up for the Discord, you get bonus content in there as well. Go ahead and sign off for the week. Best of luck heading into week 13. It is the last week of major, major bye weeks, uh, killer bye weeks, and two weeks before the fantasy playoffs. So good luck to everybody, and I'll see you next week. Be chill.